We're, uh, the first song we're going to sing this morning is called Let Everything That Has Breath. And then praise the Lord. Let everything that, everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that, everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Sing praise you in the morning. Praise you in the morning, praise you in the evening, praise you when I'm young and when I'm old. Praise you when I'm laughing, praise you when I'm grieving, praise you every season of the soul. If we could see how much you're worth, power, your might, your endless love. Surely we would never cease to praise you. Let everything, let everything that, everything that, everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that, everything that, Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise you in the heavens. Praise you in the heavens. Join with the angels. Praise you forever and a day. Praise you on the earth now. Join with creation calling all nations to your praise we could see how much you're worth your power your might your endless love surely we would never cease to praise you let everything that everything that everything that has breath praise the lord let everything that everything that everything that has breath praise the lord let everything that everything that everything that has breath praise the lord And I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Lord, now, Lord, now indeed I find thy power in thine alone. Can 
and change the leper spots and melt this heart of stone and Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow And when before, and when before the throne, I stand in him complete. Jesus died my soul to save, and my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. He washed, he washed it white as snow. Oh, praise the one. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raise this life up from the dead oh praise the one who paid my debt and raise this life up from the dead jesus paid it all all to him i owe and sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. My sin, my sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Finish this morning with Refiner's Fire. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold, pure gold, refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy. 
set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. Purify my heart and purify my heart. Cleanse me from within and make me holy and purify my heart. Cleanse me from my sin deep within refiner's fire my heart's one desire is to be holy set apart for you lord i choose to be holy set apart for you my master ready to do your will i choose I choose to be holy, set apart, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master ready to do your will I'm ready to do your will amen oh god that is our prayer this morning we choose to be holy and we thank you so much for the love and the grace that you have for us thank you that you're here now amongst your people Bless this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. I say hi to one another, and if you're like 11-ish and under, feel free to head downstairs. Hello.
kids are downstairs. Just do a few announcements as I walk away from that microphone. <laughs> um, so good to see everybody today on this beautiful summer feeling like day. So summer on the calendar is right around the corner. Um, so youth this week will not be at Farrell Hall. Yes, that'd be okay. We're at the Connors. So youth will send out an email as well, but same time, uh, 6 o'clock, and we'll have games, and we're looking forward. Bring your mosquito repellent, because they are crazy uh, this year. So that's Tuesday. Wednesday, um, the normal uh, prayer, prayer walk in the morning, if you'd like to join us at 10. And then... Um, in the evening at 6.30. Now, just an encouragement. When we get to July, our prayer night is going to change, and we are bringing back uh, our fellowship Wednesdays, which work like this in July and August, uh, that we'll choose a location. You just bring your own food to eat, and then we just have a time of fellowship for an hour uh, or two. Sometimes people really like to talk, so it ends up being longer than that. But so how we're going to do it is six Wednesdays. Three are going to be at different houses, and we'll give you the schedule as we get closer, and just three in local parks. So basically we'll go one week at a house, the next week at a park. So you just bring your food, a lawn chair, and our desire is to sponsor fellowship, the ability to um, just to be together, to catch up, and we are hoping for beautiful weather on those days. If it is, we just send an email and cancel it if it's pouring rain, but otherwise. So we'll send that schedule out, but you want to mark your calendars. Uh, usually summer, there's maybe a little more freedom, and you can come out and enjoy one another. So that will be starting in July. Also in July starting, uh, the leadership decided that we'll be Heading outside if it's not raining on a Sunday. So we don't have to do this, but we desire to do this. And it was a choice of uh, the leadership together that there is just something to enjoy outside. We'll set it up a little bit different so we're not as distant. But it is so wonderful to be outside on a Sunday praising the Lord. So that, again, will start in July and run through August, and if it is raining, of course, we'll communicate with you, and we will meet here, so we can change on the fly, but to enjoy the outdoors and worship together, uh, that will be in July as well, but more uh, announcements will follow to make us all aware of that. So, one thing that we need to do coming into July, and we'll do this outside as well, is we had a baptism in the winter, but we, uh, there are some others who have decided to be baptized, so we're thinking in July as well, that first Sunday during our church time, we'll do a baptism, and that is exciting. So if you have never been baptized and you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I would ask you to pray about that and take the step of obedience and declaring your faith to God. So that will be in about a month's time. If you haven't been here, we've added these little cards right here by the offering box. And these are just uh, how we can pray for you. 
because oftentimes Doug and I are here on Wednesdays, and we love to pray for you all, but it really helps if we know how to pray or to specifically pray. And then we've also added, as if you desire, can be anonymous, but if you fill in your name and email as we pray, how we can encourage you. So if you put your name, if the Lord would have us to encourage you with some scripture or just a word that he would give us for you, Uh, We'd love to do that as well. So if you have a prayer request, just fill it out. You can be anonymous if you want your name and email, and then we can, uh, if the Lord has an encouragement for you, we'd love to do that. We do that every Wednesday afternoon, and we'd love to do that for you. And you can come in too if you desire to be prayed for. I said, forget about the cards. I'll come. But a lot lot of you work, and we understand that, but we do want to be praying, and we believe prayer is a huge difference maker. So... We're in our little bit of encouragement to sow seeds, right? How's it going? (laughs) Um, Somebody must have been praying for me this week. I, you know, or maybe it's just on the top of my mind. Uh, And, you know, it's good for any leader if he is encouraging people to do something, to actually do it himself, right? That'd be good, right? A good boss. If he says, do something, do it. Not that I'm a boss, but hey, if we're going to do this, let's do it. And just amazing this week, met someone in the park, their birthday, lonely, and just said, I know this might be crazy, but I'd really love to pray for you. And he was so thrilled. Uh, told me he was extremely lonely um, on his birthday, missing his mother who had passed. Uh, 63 years old, and just prayed for his aunt who has cancer, and just, I I was just sitting there. I didn't go up to him. He came up to me, and it's just God was working, and I believe, yeah, somebody must have been praying because it never really goes that easy uh, for me. Um, yeah, the lady in Home Depot, she called me an evangelist. I said, no, but I'm encouraging my church. <laughs> to do the work of evangelism, so that was a sweet time as well, and uh, just the other day, um, talking to the propane guy and being able to pray for him, uh, that the Lord would bless his work, and little did I know, he told me he was a Southern Baptist, and a conversation ensued, and the ability to encourage him that God loved him, and it wasn't about rules, but about Jesus, so I haven't done that in months and months and months. And I really believe that's prayer. So, um, but that's not the only thing we're doing. Um, I really enjoyed doing the midweek encouragement at the Millers. I, if you haven't seen that, that was wonderful. If God provided the most beautiful blue sky, and they did wonderfully as well. And just what we have, giving it to the Lord, which be this morning. But we're doing something else. I'm just got Nasarat to come on up with me here. And uh, maybe he can grab that mic. So we started something. How many of you have seen the uh, midweek encouragement that Nasarat was on yet about his work? We won't say what country, uh, but a Middle Eastern country for the sake of safety. That Nasarat said that when he was there, a missionary, he was able to pass out a couple Bibles physically. Remember that? Uh, Just because fear and difficult. But they started a campaign uh, over the Internet and over the course of, what did we say, three years? You said three years? Yes. I think, how many were downloaded? 
Oh, in one year in this country, it's almost 45,000 a year. 45,000 Bible. Now, when you download the Bible, it doesn't mean you're going to read it, but it's a big step to download it. Uh, means that you're taking interest. It's not like you see an ad and you have to take time, right? I know you guys have put apps on your phone. It's not like just seeing it, but just think about it. 45,000. Too personally. So after we did that, I was thinking, and Nasserat is probably encouraging me, but what stops us from doing that here? Um, I don't know if any of you have passed out a Bible physically. Um, I haven't in a long time. People don't seem to be interested in tracts or things like that, but you never know. So I thought, well, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth, why don't we try that here online? Why don't we try that Ontario-wide a little bit, Nasserat came up with? Why don't we try that in two countries? And since Nasserat's from Egypt, we thought, let's give Egypt a try. And then I was thinking of Carter. I said, let's go after Sudan. Let's see if they'll download some Bibles. So tell us what you did and how it's going. So I'm not sure how many of you, when you start to search about something, you start from Google, right? Anyone? <laughs> to search for anything. So he's a partner to search and some, sometimes trusted, some other times I'm not. But uh, this is one of the ways people, when they start their journey, they search. They search for Bible, they search for truth, and Google keeps every search. And he knows these houses, these households are searching. So one of the ways is to offer them the Bible. Uh, anyone before, when you went to a hotel room, you found the Bible in the hotel yeah. room? So this is one of the ways. In the room, you don't decide to read it or not, but when you find it in your mobile, while you are watching news or following up any updates, and you decide to click to download, this is how uh, we are advanced to, to do it. To, it's a way of uh, seeding and let everyone decide. So in five days, uh, Northgate uh, hosted or sponsored a campaign, like Dan said, in three countries, one of them here in Ontario, uh, guess what, how many people, out of 1,000 people clicked on this ad, 300 downloaded the Bible into their phone. Praise God. 300. Now, some people might say, well, how do we know if they're reading it? And I say, that's not our business, right? That's why we want to pray. And one of the things Nasrat told me when we started, and I said, if we're going to do missions and we could at least have a Bible available for someone to read. And again, a download, you got to take time to do it. Is Nasrat said to me, we have to pray, right? We have to pray and ask God that if someone's downloading it, that they'll read it. And so we wanted just to, to talk about this to encourage you guys to be praying. You can add that to your prayer list that, okay, some are downloading and that's exciting, but pray that they will read and that God will work through his word. So how long is the campaign running for? So the plan is to run it in June. The trust and the promise that when we do that, 
as we said, it's his role to, uh, and he's faithful when we are feeding, it's not our role to grow things, right? But this is God's role. So we need to pray not just doing the technical part, but which is good also to pray for the technical part, but the most important to reach for hunger, thirsting. Sometimes it's in places, in Sudan, for example, or in Egypt, in villages, there is no church in these places. So maybe this is the only thing that people, or the first or the second, I'm not sure where they are in their journey, but this is how we, maybe when we meet them in heaven, we are going to know how we were part of this. Praise God. I find this really exciting. <laughs> Don't you think it's great that our money is doing something? <laughs> it's a good investment, amen? So, uh, and I was thinking, since we're connected to Honduras, that country's next, Caleb, we're going after it uh, to see if anyone will download the Bible there as well. But let's, let's pray. Lord God, thank you. It's your word. Your Holy Spirit draws people. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we pray that you will create that hunger and thirst for people in Ontario, in Lanark County, where we live, and for around the world. Specifically this month, we do pray for Egypt and Sudan, especially we think of Sudan, which might not have the opportunity to have a Bible. But anyone who has downloaded, Lord, would they open it? Would you direct them by the power of your Holy Spirit? And would you show them your truth? Lord, we pray as a church that you can continually give us vision to desire to plant seeds for your kingdom. We all have different gifts. But Lord, we pray for all of us, even on this Pentecost Sunday, that you would give us boldness as the disciples prayed in Acts chapter 4. Lord, um, would you give us that boldness to speak and be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray this in your precious and your holy name. Amen. Amen. So, David, I got a little scratchy. Maybe we can turn this monitor off here. That would be great. Or um, Mike or somebody. <laughs> uh, it sounds like applause, but I don't think it's from you guys. So, um, uh, maybe we could just shut her off altogether. Okay, if you have a Bible, we are working through different themes in the book of Acts, in just the encouragement continually into planting seeds uh, and what that would look like in our lives. Um, and that can look different. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about just the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us and how he gives us boldness to speak the name of Jesus. Uh, Doug as well talked about, yeah, the power uh, of God in us to share. Last week we talked about Philip in Samaria in Acts chapter 8 and how he preached the word. He preached Christ. But we also did mention that miracles will follow, and we have to have an open mind to the work of the Holy Spirit as we preach Christ to have boldness to ask the Holy Spirit to work 
in any way he chooses. Amen? So we were thankful for that. So moving on, um, again, in sowing seeds and what we see in the book of Acts, just going to take a theme today and, and work with it. I don't know, but I started to get the paper once a week. I don't really read the news online. Maybe because I remember my dad reading the paper, the hard copy paper. I only get once a week, and uh, it's not necessarily a mainline paper, but I always like holding the paper in my hand. Um, again, maybe it's thinking of what my dad would do. But one of the headlines I read this week is coming out of the pandemic and the war. And as we know that economically things are becoming more difficult, right? And even if you don't read the news or the paper and maybe like me, you have a big family, boy, oh boy, the grocery bill has gone up. And um, I wouldn't say, like, I don't know the inflation rate or anything I know. And, and it's just a part of way, why is God doing that? I don't know. He's allowing it. Um, it's not the first time. It's not going to be the last time. But economically, things are getting squeezed just a little bit. And we're starting to feel that. And I was amazed just gassing up the car this morning. I've been, Caleb took one of my cars and I'm using his. And it seems like, man, his car used a lot of gas. But, you know, it was definitely over $2 a liter. And you know what? I never really thought that. And that's okay. God certainly will provide, but things are getting tighter. Am I the only one to notice? And whether you read the news or you, or you see what's going on, you know we're just in a little bit of a recession and things are getting difficult. Even as a family, because of the price of gas, we are counting, okay, if you're going there, how many people are in the car? You know, like, what are you going for? Can we gang up, you know, and trips that you would think like, oh, I'm just going to go to Ottawa for the evening. Um, I think Amy did make a sticker a while ago. It says, gas is gold. She put it on the fridge. And, uh, you know, mom and dad love you, but come on. Uh, you just don't zip around and go anywhere you want without, I don't know, this is funny. You get in the car and there's no gas in it. Am I the only parent who ever felt that? But anyways, um, so I have to make sure to do it myself, right? But as things get difficult, it's interesting. We know the Bible says a lot about money. We don't necessarily talk about money a lot here, though Jesus talked about money a lot. We see in the book of Acts that generosity in the early church was off the charts. And I don't think they were necessarily in an economically prospering time when they lived. But when the Holy Spirit came, man, those people knew how to give. And they knew how to help each other. Just a, a few thoughts about that if you have your Bible. Uh, a few verses in Acts 2. And you probably know this well, as the Holy Spirit has come. And in, in chapter 40, my little heading says, the vital church grows. Uh, it says, many received the word and were baptized in verse 41 of chapter 2. And that day, 3,000 souls were added. 
It says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that's teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer, and that's what we try to do at church. And then fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And it says in verse 44, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Now, that verse strikes me as pretty radical. And I'm not saying you have to go away here and sell all that you have, but I'm just trying to show you a progression that as God's spirit fell, people were saved. They got into God's word. They prayed, right? They celebrated Jesus. And it's very clear the next step is generosity followed. And it was a sign that God was working. So in Acts chapter 4, we see somewhat similar. The Holy Spirit gives them boldness at the end of this chapter. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says this, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. They laid them at the apostles' feet and they were distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Again, quite radical. And I am not saying all through scripture it says to sell everything we have, but I point out there was amazing generosity among those people. I think years ago, Terry had told me of, isn't that interesting, Acts 4.3.2 equals 1, O-N-E. That as the Holy Spirit came, they became one, it says, in what they had. Well, let's follow along, too, because in Acts chapter 6, we know the church was really moving in generosity, and I'm not going to get into this story too much, but other to say they had to appoint deacons because the apostles were so busy that some of the Hellenist widows were neglected in the daily distribution. I don't want to get in. Last week we talked about Philip and why he was appointed a deacon, which means a servant to help the apostles. My only point here is that the church was helping those who had need and it's recorded very clearly that they took care of the widows. Now again, what is our responsibility? What is government? Things have might changed, but I only point to the fact that the church took this idea of generosity and caring for others very seriously. In Acts chapter 10, if you'll follow along because we're working just the theme of this, we meet a fellow named Cornelius. And Cornelius is going to be one of the avenues that God chooses to get to the Gentile believers. So we're going from 
Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, to the Gentiles is the progression in the book of Acts. And we meet this fellow, Cornelius, in chapter 10, who was a devout man who feared God, was not a Jew, but it says clearly that he gave generously that in verse 2. And he prayed to God always. And the story goes, we know that Peter is going to end up at his house, but it says as he was praying that an angel appeared to him. Cornelius was afraid. But it says this, your prayers in verse 4 and your alms or your giving have come up as a memorial to God. That God saw this generosity and this praying of Cornelius, thus he heard him and wanted to use him. And we always hearing a generous heart is good for us here, but I want you to note this specifically, that God sees when we're generous, and he will remember. It seems the early church, when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, we think of prayer and miracles and reading our Bible, but there's one way it affects us in an incredible way that we become very generous. We connect the Holy Spirit and generosity. The Bible does. And it's very clear to do that. As we move on in the book of Acts in chapter 20, verse 35, there's that classic saying that Paul quoting Jesus, where he says this, it is more blessed to give than receive. How many have heard that verse? How many feel that in the pit of their heart? Well, I think as you get older, you feel that. But it was funny, in my Bible class in the high school this week, I was speaking to them about generosity, and I was talking about young people in the Bible and the young lad in the feeding of the 5,000 because he gave all that he had, and God multiplied it to feed that. Could you? I don't know. I've got some young people in my house, and food's pretty precious. Um, <laughs> you, can take, you can take a lot of stuff from them, but don't take their dinner. Um, can you imagine this young lad? He gave his stuff, and I was trying to teach them, you can be young and give and be generous, and God's with you. It's, it's a life. I'm not worried about where you go to church or how you give, but have a generous heart, kids. And then I quoted this in Acts chapter 20, and I was like, isn't it more blessed to give than receive? And I pointed out one boy, and I'm like, isn't that true? How do you feel about that? I love honest kids. He said, well, it really depends, Pastor Dan. I'm like, okay, it's Christmas, and you thought out your mother, you love your mom, and you just, oh, and you give her, and you've been thinking about it, and you, you buy her this present, and she opens it, and then you get a present, and you kind of wanted it, and I said, well, what's better? He says, well, it depends on what I got. <laughs> How true some ways that can be for us, but I think as we get older, to me, it's not even close. The joy of giving and seeing people's needs met and me receiving now, this verse is a reality to me. Years ago, you remember when Carter was in our house and he hadn't, I think, had too many Christmases, but I had planned to, to get him a gift. And not, it wasn't necessarily expensive or anything, but I knew it would mean something to him because he loves soccer. And I got him a jersey of his favorite player 
And I was just like, I couldn't wait for him to open that. Like, I was like, how's he going to react to this? So he opens, he doesn't know. And then he jumped out of his chair. Ah! Ah, this is so great. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> I had more joy than him after I thought. Now, I think probably some of you have had that response when you thought out and you've give, given and there's somewhat of a little bit of a sacrifice where you bless people who don't have as much. It really is. Jesus is never wrong. Amen. Now, our flesh sometimes is wrong, <laughs> and that can be a little bit of a problem. But shall we continue in the book of Acts that Paul, we know at the end, was driven to go back to Jerusalem for what purpose? I don't know if you've read the book of Acts all the way through or thought of it, but he was driven to go back to bring an offering to the church at Jerusalem for the need they had because of a famine. And that was really driving him, and people were wondering, how or should he go back? But he wanted to give in a lot of the end of Acts in terms of practical why he did go is based on generosity of the Gentile churches reaching back to the Jewish churches. I point all these things out, and I'm sure there are plenty, plenty more in the book of Acts. But when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, wow. You know what? We begin to have a little bit of eternal perspective and seeing that the stuff that we have is really the Lord's and really he can use that to be a witness to the world. Because remember, we're planting the seeds. And if you have a world that's living tight in economic difficulty and they see people who are generous, it will speak volumes. Usually when we're squeezed, sometimes we can squeeze too. We get worried about where things are going. Are we going to be okay? But that's when, as the Holy Spirit leads us and directs us to be generous, I think it bears way more seeds when it's harder than when it's easier. Is that just me or everybody okay? Or I'm talking nannies this morning. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It doesn't matter what it is. As the Holy Spirit allows us to do stuff that we can't do on our own, it speaks greater volumes to the world around us that being a Christian should really be different. Amen? That we should certainly use our minds and be careful, live simply, not try to go in debt, but we should have hearts of generosity for those in our midst, and even for the world around us. And that is so important. So we could end this service and just say, well, yeah, go be generous, right? Thank you, Dan. Well done. Let's move on. But I think there's a little bit more, and maybe to the heart of the matter, or at least for me, which I'll try to encourage you in really quickly, but every year, a couple times a year, I try to gather my kids around me and maybe when they're on vacation so they can't escape, maybe they're getting a little sick of it, but I always try to talk about giving and maybe the deeper issues in our lives. I personally believe this is a huge thing to set us free in a culture that's so materialistic and I don't want to live grasping trying to be okay. 
God has so much more. So I'm just going to, three things, maybe to the heart of the issue for me and maybe for you. But I will say this. Number one, usually a thankful person is a generous person. That makes sense? What do I mean by that? Do you know that all you have is given to you from God? Do you know, forget about the material things that God has loved you for giving you? He's so good to you. Have you experienced Jesus in a way that you so naturally just want to give back to him? I think it's a real experience in our lives. When we realize people have given to us, it's much easier to give back to them. You know, at Christmas you get a gift from someone and you're thinking to yourself, did I get them something? Or if someone's been kind to you, or the people you love, isn't it easy to desire to bless them? Um, and this is just it. God has blessed you. Do you know that? Are you thankful for that? And then the natural response would be just to be generous and give back. I did a little reading about millennials a long time ago, and the thing about it that I guess studies have shown that they're not very generous. They're not generous, and people say, well, you know what, the old school knows how to give, not so much as, the, as the, <laughs> the young school, per se. But in that article, it also did say, when the millennials experienced something they were thankful for, they gave more than anyone. How about that? When they truly understood what was done for them, they had no problem giving. And I love that. 1 Corinthians 9 talks about being a cheerful giver, a thankful giver. When we've experienced something and it's real to us, just letting the outflow. I remember years ago in New Jersey, probably our last couple months there, that my daughter Elizabeth was born uh, a couple months before we left for Canada. And Lizzie came really fast. And so what happens, we went out with friends that night. Amy woke me up at 6 a.m. She's like, this baby is coming. And we got our neighbor. It was so fast. Just come. The boys are sleeping. Got her to the hospital 25 minutes away. Basically dropped her off. They got her upstairs, went to park the car, and Lizzie already made an appearance. Um, she was ready to come. And I remember being so thankful. Oh, didn't happen in the car. No. Um, that would have been a big problem. I looked at another child and thought, healthy, God, I don't deserve your goodness to me. I can't believe this. It happened, she came so fast that there was time, and I don't know. I was just taught my whole life, like, if you're not doing anything, go to church. So I went home, I'm like, what am I going to do with the kids? Amy's not here. I'll take them to church, right? So uh, went to church, but I remember on the way, for me, I gave always at a certain time of the month, and it was time to do that. And tears started coming to my eyes, and the connection was the thankfulness to what God and the safety of my wife and my daughter. And the tears came, just this, you know, you, you write out your, your check, or you do it on the internet now, but then... God, I'm so thankful. This is not hard. 
I just want to give back because you've been so good to me. And that's the heart for a child. And I would encourage all of us to understand and think about what God has done for us and who Jesus is. And let that heart of thankfulness affect all of you. Not just your mouth, but all you have. So the second point, then, if the first one is a thankful person will be a generous person, is do, second point, do I really trust God? Um, a lot of us say, yeah, I trust God. And I'm going to translate this to giving for just a minute and my heart. You know, a lot of times I'm really good at giving God the leftovers. You know, it's a prosperous time. As I mentioned before, I have a little extra. Sure. You know, it's no problem giving to God. The problem is when I don't have leftovers and things are tight. Maybe I'm in a rough position because I'm a little selfish in life. Maybe just things are tough. But do I trust God enough that I can give to him because he asked me to be generous even if I can't see the solution or it's going to be okay. And I think I've talked to some <laughs> just close friends and close relations that I just you know, the comment will be like, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And I don't know. And I don't know. What if I need that? And I'll ask the question, do you trust God? That he's, if he's asking you to be generous, that he will take care of you? It can't be about what we see all the time. There has to be some faith. And I think a lot of times when it comes to being generous and giving, too much of my eyes are not on what God says, and they're on what I see. But if we take that spiritually to all things, <laughs> we're in deep trouble. Because faith is a big part of what we do. Our mind processes, our mind understands, but then there comes a time Am I going to believe you, God? Why do I pray? Why do I read my Bible? Why do I do what God says? Because I trust his word. And his word says, these are things I should do. Right? Just think, being generous out of the equation. When I encourage people to pray, it's like, do you trust God that he will hear you? That he asks you to pray. It's a good thing to pray. Yeah, okay, let's pray together. Let's trust him. Let's give this to the Lord. It's no different with generosity. The question on the bottom line is, do I trust God? So, to repeat, number one, a thankful person will be a generous person. And do I trust God? So finally, I'll just end here. I had a friend tell me a long time ago, with all areas of my spiritual life or anything, could be exercise, a discipline often becomes a delight. But it doesn't start as a delight. 
Are you following me? A discipline will become a delight. So, okay, I need exercise. I know, yeah, I got to exercise. I got to get out walking. I got to do something. How many love that when you first start? Oh, I just can't wait. I love the feeling. If you're like me, no. And even now, no. I say, okay, I got to go for a jog. I got to do something. I got to walk. And the first thing within me is like, no. Now, not all the time, because as I've got into the habit or the discipline of doing it, guess what? I look forward to it. I enjoy it. I realize the benefit of it. And I actually enjoy the feeling when I'm done. And I really like it when I start playing tennis and I'm not out of breath after the first 20 minutes. Where, I don't know, I played my friend Matt in tennis and we were both exhausted. He's like, yeah, but you're jogging. So you have a little energy. I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad I did. Because now I'm beating you, Mr. Competitive Dan. Anyways. <laughs> it was just fun to play, but we understand the benefit and the delight of it. And the same is true with any spiritual discipline that we're asked to do. How many love, like, I'll get up in the morning, oh, I just want to pray. Oh, yeah, it's so good. There comes a point where you discipline yourself and you know the benefit. And over time, it becomes a delight. Not every day, certainly not. Not every day I'm like, oh, I just, yeah, it's so great. But there comes a point even reading your Bible, like, okay, I got to read, and then you read, and then you understand over time the benefit has to you, and it becomes a delight as you read your Bible. And you have to start with a little discipline when you're not feeling it. I want you to know that Paul says in 2 Corinthians that giving is a spiritual discipline, just like praying, just like reading your Bible, it's not like I'm going to separate it. It's the same. And so there's a time where we have to discipline ourselves to do it, and then it truly can become a delight. Oftentimes people ask me as a pastor, what do you really believe about tithing? And I don't necessarily talk about that much here, and it's not my desire to, to say my heart is... I don't want, we don't want your money for the sake of having a bigger bank account. We truly want you to be blessed from the discipline of simply giving. And if you'll know, if you've been following this thing, and there's a couple here, but our 22 focus prayer items for this year, and I encourage you to continually be praying for those, that it would say, Number four, that we would grow, that we would each grow in generosity and giving. Not for our sake. And this is what even Paul says in the word of God, I believe in Philippians. But for your sake. For your sake. Because God sets us free when we can discipline ourselves to give from many Many things that shouldn't tie us or bind us. It truly is a reality in our lives that God says, 
only testing in one thing. He doesn't tell him to test him in anything else but one thing. You can't outgive God. He will take care of you. And the reason this concept in the Old Testament, and Jesus even talks about tithing to the Pharisees when he says, Yeah, like you guys, this is, it's not for show. There's greater issues, but don't stop your giving, right? The reason is because God knows what's best for us. And if I don't have the discipline of giving on a weekly or monthly basis, I can say, oh, I'll do it. But the reality, back to the discipline, I don't. It's simple as it is. I say, well, I'll just read the Bible when I want to read, when I'm feeling it. Does that work for you? Come on. Does that work for you in prayer? Or when I'm feeling it, I'll pray. There has to be some foundational disciplines in our life. And my only encouragement here this morning, God's word tells us clear, as the Holy Spirit's upon us, as we're thankful, as we're trusting God, make it a discipline that will become a delight, not for us here, but for you as individuals to be living in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I think I made a mistake in my early ministry years. I never wanted to talk about money or giving. And you're like, why, Pastor Dan? Because I hate the idea of what we see on TV and churches that are always passing the plate. I hate that abuse. And I never wanted people to come to Northgate and think we needed your money. So many years, you couldn't catch me talking. And I think I even made Mike talk about it one year. I'm like, I don't want the pastor to think we, we want your money. And I think that was a mistake. Because I wasn't teaching you the truth of God's word. And I apologize because we never can create a theology from an abuse, but we have to go to the truth of God's word and what it says. And I want to train you, to teach you, that this is really important. Not for our sake, for his sake. Now, when I was preparing this message, as sowing seeds, the world seeing that we're generous with one another, we, we take care of one another, Here's the good news, the last two minutes. I put here on my notes, P.S. <laughs> P.S. But it was a big P.S. for me when I was preparing and praying. You guys have been a witness to the world. That's my encouragement. You guys, I brag about this church and how generous that God has been through you guys. I love bragging on people saying, we don't take an offering. I don't even talk about it usually. People got to ask me where the box is. You guys have been so faithful. You guys have been so generous. And it makes me so proud. And I guess the word is, just keep going. Just keep going. And if the Holy Spirit's convicting you, keep going with a little more juice. But it was just this week, to be honest, 
that I was sent on two missions of blessing people with other people's finances. Saw a need, mentioned it. People with generous hearts said, I want to meet that need. And I got to be the one. wasn't from me, especially the first one, just to say, listen, this is just from the body of Christ for you, to bless you, to help you in this time of need. One was a need, one was just a fun thing, where someone thought, oh, that would be great for that person to have, and it would really bless them. So here's what happens, is the world sees that, and they say, Where did, how, what, what, why is that going on? Well, let me tell you, there's these people, there's this person, or I don't even know who it is, who my church got together, and I couldn't do this. And they said they wanted to take care of my need. I've seen in this church, not only with finances, but being generous with time, I've seen people reach out in incredible ways. Just think how many of you help people from other countries in this church to make a new start here. How the prayer house provided housing for those in need. I've seen cars given. I've seen hours and hours and hours of service. Back in the day, I thought we were called the moving church. We could start our own company because we helped so many people move. I remember we had three weeks in a row, and I actually got a little tired of it, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Another Saturday! So thankful. And maybe you've been, on, been a recipient of people's generosity, big things, small things, an amazing witness. And if I've, I've had the joy of seeing things that are absolutely incredible. And I want to say as your pastor, because I'm the one who's supported by you, I'm concluding this. We have been so blessed as a family by your generous hearts. We have been so blessed. Whether it's been basic needs or things we didn't need, people seeing the need that we didn't even see ourselves. And God has used you guys in amazing ways to support us who are in the ministry. And I think it's really important when you talk about this kind of stuff that you say, well done. Thank you. What an amazing blessing. There's some days I go somewhere and I say to Amy, I didn't buy anything I have on. <laughs> I didn't buy the transportation I got here with. God has been so faithful to us. And I'm so thankful of the witness that you all have been. And I guess the word is, let's keep going. Empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a witness to this world and to each other. Even when it's just hard. Amen? Praise the Lord. And you know who gave the most? Jesus. And that's what it says in his word, that he gave his life. And he who had it all, gave it all. 
And this is where the thankful heart comes in. And this is why we celebrate communion. We remember the one who it says in 1 Corinthians gave it for us. His life. Do you know that love today? Do you know the generous heart of Jesus? He is so good. We want to celebrate what he's done for us now and see his heart. We're going to take communion. The elements are in the back. We would ask you to just examine your heart and call out to Jesus and see his forgiveness and see his love. Communion, as we celebrate and remember, doesn't mean that we have it all together, but we celebrate the one who set us free. We remember his forgiveness, his Ponder and live there and know that we are new because of him. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. This morning we want to celebrate you, Jesus. You are so good to us. So good. So faithful. We remember your obedience the Father, your love for us. God, may we just dwell in thinking of you. David sings. Maybe there's something you're dealing with. Maybe you're maybe stuck in sin in some way. Would you see Jesus and what he's done for you? Would you call out forgiveness? Would you receive it? Would you walk with him? The elements are in the back, again, as David sings, quietly and respectfully. You can just pick those up. Go back to your seat, and when we're all done, we'll partake together. If you need prayer for anything, be in the back, maybe Kevin as well. We'd love to pray for you if you have a need. We give thanks to Jesus. Lord, just bless our time. We remember you. Amen. You pulled me from darkness, clothed me in garments of praise, Jesus forever, my song will be you, I'm living in freedom, you've taken my burdens away. Jesus forever, the song will be you, only for you. The cross that you bore, the debt that you paid, the victory you won over death and the grave. 
This is the reason I sing I hope that you give The joy that you bring The promise that heaven is waiting for me This is the reason I sing I will not be silent. I'll testify of your grace. Jesus, forever, my song will be you, only for you. The cross that you bore, the debt that you paid, the victory you won over death and the grave. This is the reason I sing the joy that you give, the joy that you bring, the promise that heaven is waiting for me. This is the reason I sing, oh, oh, you're so good. So good, you're so good to me forever. I'll sing, you're so good to me. And the cross that you bore, the debt that you paid, the victory you won over death and the grave. This is the reason I sing the hope that you give, the joy that you bring, promise that heaven is waiting for us. This is the reason I sing. Jesus, this morning, we set our attention completely upon you in this moment. Maybe it's been a busy morning, maybe your mind's been running, but this is truly a moment you want to focus upon. You want to remember Jesus this morning what he's done for us. Bring your thoughts together and put them on him. See his love. See his forgiveness. See his sacrifice. See his righteousness. See his faithfulness. See his perfection. Thank you, Jesus. The body broken on the cross 
you paid the price to make us whole. We believe and trust and receive you as Lord and Savior. Take those broken places and you heal. We are forgiving. We learn how to forgive and be changed and healed for your glory. We give you praise. Let's take the bread together. blood, the new covenant, our sins paid for, you say that you will remember them no more, not that there wasn't a penalty for them, but the penalty was paid, the blood of Jesus, the ultimate price. He's paid the price, and you are free as you believe in him. You are free. You are a new creation in Christ. No longer a slave to sin. Thank you, Jesus. We couldn't do it ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name this morning. Take the juice together. Go sow some seeds in the power of the Holy Spirit, being generous to one another, to the world around you. But first, get in a small group and pray your family or others for the next five minutes. Enjoy each other. Let's do that right now, and I'll close the service in a little bit.